What if our collective imaginations could shape better realities where we live? What if listening to others' stories could help us learn together as communities? What if spaces for listening, sharing and dreaming could ignite real social change? Welcome to Dream Space. Listen, share, dream. Welcome everyone. I'm Bex, member of the Dream Space Bath crew, and I will be your host for this episode, Life in Bath and the Pandemic. In this episode, we are going to listen to some of the inspiring stories that were shared with Dream Space towards the end of last year, revealing how the pandemic is changing lives in Bath, the challenges, but also the good stuff that we really want to hold on to as this new normal begins to emerge. And most of these stories were captured through our online open mic style gathering, which was hosted by the fantastic local facilitator, Mr. Jamie Colston. And it was a really, really beautiful evening. I was so moved by how this virtual room full of strangers came together and shared so openly about this extraordinary time and how it's impacted them. And Everyone just seemed to really connect through this process of storytelling. It was it was really amazing. And, you know, the, the pandemic has touched every single person in our city and, of, of course, around the world. But although we're in the same storm, we're all in very different boats. And life in Bath has changed forever. So at the time of this recording, the UK government has just done their big reveal of the roadmap out and through the other side of the pandemic. And I just feel that now more than ever, it's important to take time to reflect on what we've been through, to understand the things within Bath that really do have to change as and when we go forward and explore the possibility of creating a brighter, kinder and more compassionate future here. So this is what this podcast is all about bringing these powerful stories to you, giving you a chance to reflect in the way that you want to and hopefully help you feel a bit more connected to the Bath community and also hopeful for what is to come. So now we're going to delve into the first selection of stories. I'll meet you in the middle for a quick break and then we'll come together at the end to recap on what we've heard and I'll also use that time just to tell you a bit about what Dreamspace has in store for 2021. But for now, let's listen to this first selection of pandemic stories. Hi, everyone. Um, so I, um, throughout lockdown, I've, uh, I found myself writing, uh, I guess, what I'd call micro poems. So every now and then I'd wake up at about 3 a.m. thinking about everything that could possibly go terribly wrong in my life and not being able to to go to sleep um and then I but then actually I found that um spending some time processing these thoughts um and then writing these micro poems I mean it feels strange to call them poems because I don't consider myself a poet but um here we go it's called um lockdown small talk hello lockdown how are you yes fine thank you and you Well, you know, strange times indeed, but at least it's dry. Yes, we are so lucky in Bath. Anyway, I must dash. How are you really though? Please don't ask. I might just stop and think. I might just feel it all at once. 
that's me. Um, hi, everybody. It's um, kind of overwhelming to see so many people because I feel, uh, yeah, well, <clears throat> talking about lockdown. Um, it seems like a really beautiful space. Um, lockdown was really strange because we just opened a business. Um, I'm sitting in an empty pub. There's no one here. It's 7.30 in the evening. Um, but the actual experience of lockdown wasn't that different to what I've known for the past 15 years because I've lived off grid in the middle of a wood next to Salisbury Plain um, for 15 years with my children. So suddenly being in the middle of a city and having loads of hundreds of people coming through the doors every day and, and then not, um, was a kind of a relief <laughs> uh, because we'd worked so hard and it was such a big journey to open the doors. Um, yeah, anyway, so that part of it wasn't uh, weird, but I totally get what you're saying, Bex, and I'm not going to get political either, but just this constant negativity around things happening in the world here and overseas and hearing about all the you know, it was so weird to be that relaxed um, and yet so fearful and anxious at the same time. Um, and also, you know, that sort of expectation as a landlady in the heart of the community, should I have been making meals? Should I have been doing this? But the reality is I have two children of my own. The eldest is autistic. Um, so I have to have very, very clear boundaries for him. So if I had started seeing people, he would have wanted to know why he couldn't see his friends. Um, we also had someone staying here who was homeless, um, who had a, a child who came every other week. So we had to protect a four-year-old child. God, I feel quite tearful, but um, yeah. And now we're here again and I just, like, I feel like we did so much to protect everybody and it's been balls up really. Um, but yeah, we'll come out of it in a couple of weeks time. And this, what keeps me going is this idea of building back better. You know, that a lot of people have had a time to reflect and be more compassionate and be kinder and and, you know, and from a, so the kind of things I was working on were, I was really glad when the city centre reopened and there was more space for people. There was less space for cars. Roads got closed. There was a priority for pedestrians. There was just this recognition that people need to be outside and see each other and stay safe. And, um, so from, you know, from a personal point of view, I was already petitioning for Westgate Street to be shut. And I think that got accelerated by COVID. Um, I've applied to put a parklet outside the front door and it's been approved. I don't think that would have ever happened. So I'm just trying to take the positives and um, thank you all for listening. Hi everyone, my name's Luke. Uh, I think I've overprepared just a tiny bit tonight. Um, one of the skills I've learned over lockdown is to use Zoom more creatively. Um, so I'd like to tell you a little bit about what's happened in the arts world this year. 
Now, it doesn't feel so much like my story, but our story. So, um, you know, the story of those of us that, that work in theatre and struggle on together. Um, what's become very clear is that we may be all in the same storm, but we're all travelling in very different sized boats. Um, so let me take you back to the 9th of March 2020. So I was working at the Rondo Theatre and it was about that time that we first heard the news that the pandemic was going to get worse. Now, my role there was as technician on the Natural Theatre Company's sold out show, uh, Dirty Bath. Now, already that week, we'd noticed that members of the public were reluctant to come to the theatre. And we ended up, as the week went on, performing to about half full houses. So that was even though the, the run had sold out, people were very wary and they were staying away. Now, at the end of that week, the curtains closed and then they pretty much remained closed. On the 16th of March, the Rondo, like all other venues across the country, closed its doors. Now, as you can imagine, this left a lot of us, particularly freelancers, out of work. Uh, the arts industry was in a kind of state of limbo and what remained in our theatres and venues, which are usually so full of life and joy and creativity, um, was nothing more than solo ghost lights kind of haunting the stages. Many freelancers fell through the funding gaps um, and there were campaigns launched to plead our case to Parliament, to shout to the world that we are viable, that the arts are a profession and a real job. Venues across the country lit themselves red as part of the We Make Events campaign to display our plight and events professionals across the world joined forces to stage protests and remind people that we are still here. Now, it's been a struggle. We've faced uncertainty and the unknown and for many of us, the lives and the careers that we'd known were torn away overnight. And then the redundancies started happening. Um, add to that more pressure uh, and what was already quite an unbearable situation, uh, it's left a lot of people in quite a bad state uh, in the country. But it's not all doom and gloom. So uh, I count myself as one of the lucky ones. I've transitioned to work on virtual conferences and events, working with companies including the NHS and the Association for Heritage Interpreters. And I'm very pleased to say that in October this year, the Theatre Royal successfully managed to reopen its doors for performances again. Even though it was short-lived, it still gives me great hope that, you know, there is a future after this pandemic for theatre. I think the one thing that I'll take away from this pandemic is the power of togetherness. Uh, when we unite as a community, there is absolutely nothing we cannot do. And I feel very blessed and inspired to be surrounded by so many creative people who are daring to think outside the box, to take risks and to try and ensure that, you know, uh, whatever we return to, whatever world we return to, it's the best world that it possibly can be. Um, that everything that we've learned through lockdown for the last few months has not been forgotten. Will we get back to live performances soon? I hope so, but until then, myself and countless others are, you know, we're standing by, we're waiting in the, the wings to, to go on when we're needed to. We're passionate, we're resilient, we are creative, and we are viable. 
Um, thank you. You're listening to Dream Space. What are you dreaming for the future? Hello. Thank you so much for organizing this event. I really appreciate it. Um, so I guess my story, earlier in the pandemic, um, I noticed a lot of change. I'm a full-time artist. I was um, teaching poetry writing classes at senior homes and at libraries and all those facilities shut down, closed down and all that. And um, a lot of my artistic projects got put on hold and everything was just really indefinite. I noticed myself just staring more at the sky and spending more time with nature like a lot of other people do. And um, yeah, I just try to embrace the uncertainty the best way that I could by just accepting the uncertainty that the clouds have. So um, I wrote a poem about um, me watching the clouds. Um, hopefully it can bring folk peace as well. Simple days, slow days. I now study sunsets and sunrises, but now I'm so rich with time. Seconds slip by cheap and easy nowadays, but I attempt to sip my daytime slow to sail shivering towards the rainbow shore bay, watercolored painted colored clouds to serenity. The beautiful rainbow shore bay, water paint colored clouds. I sympathize with the cumulus kind, lightly lagging around full of fluids, waiting for the wind to bring them direction, sweetly shoving them to the next neighborhood. I've been steady sitting in the same spots for so long while anxious and hot-headed that if I allow myself to steam up enough, I think I could saunter on up there real surreal-like and slide through zip codes and states and watch all the curious little shadows below me stop to stare at me. And as the sun sets, I'll begin to show new shades and shimmer until the light further dimmers, but still we ride to the other side. One day we'll get real thick and savory, too thick, like dummy thick, crazy thick. And we'll know that it's time to relieve and release all the weight that we've picked up along the way and allow it to bless another's fields or forests or long gone, dried up rivers. Maybe one day I'll see the slimy or scaly skin of a salamander. Maybe one day I'll see the secret, sacred slopes of the Himalayans. Surprisingly, we're thinner than skim milk, yet we shimmy like we're skinny right through the air. And surely we rise above it all. I guess for me, um... I found lockdown really, really hard, especially given, you know, what was happening um, in society around the time, especially in July with the Black Lives Matter protests and, um, you know, the news of uh, people from BAME communities being disproportionately affected um, by COVID-19. So I found that first lockdown really, really, really difficult. Um, and it was quite like isolating as well, because Bath is a, um, it's not the most diverse city, um, you know, in, in this country. Um, so just not feeling um, like really isolated and, you know, not having that diversity, not having that community around um, during this time to really, um, you know, to really like go, like feel things with, because it's really, it's really difficult to process everything, you know, that's been happening. Everything's so sudden and, um, you know, and all the, the backlash from some of the Black Lives Matter it seems that this year has, has really been insane. Um, but then I guess 
I also found it quite nice that um, life really slowed down during the lockdown period as well. It was nice to just sit down and like reflect um, and, and really like try and understand what's happening. And I feel like it was, a, it was an opportunity for people to um, learn more about um, themselves and educate themselves um, a lot more in a time where the world was like rapidly changing and things like that. So, um, you know, although it was quite a, um, a really intense experience, I feel like there's some good takeaways from it as well. Hi, uh, my name is Lumi. I am studying at the, the University of Bath. Um, I was born and raised in France and my parents are Japanese. Um, the pandemic this year has um, affected me in many ways. Um, obviously it wasn't um, a fun time, um, but I am one of the privileged ones that is healthy and that has a healthy family as well, so I wouldn't complain about that. Um, but yeah, being in lockdown gave me a lot of time that I didn't really give myself before. Um, and I feel like it's the case for many people. Um, with the Black Lives Matter movement, I've also been taking time to understand how our world is working and how the system is corrupt and racist. Um, I've been reading a lot of books and in the end I have also had a lot of time to understand who I am. I'm not fully there but, you know, um, I've had time to understand myself a little more, my origins, who I am. Um, because I was starting to feel like a stranger wherever I would be. Um, in France I feel like I'm a stranger, I feel like being a Japanese in France and when I'm in Japan with my dad I, I kind of feel like I'm a stranger. Um, physically obviously people don't know but there's so much more than physical appearance in everyone. Um, so I've been kind of reflecting on that um, thanks to this pandemic and I feel like it has been very rewarding. Um, although I think uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to to see how the world is going to change after um, the pandemic, um, how the new normal will be, and hopefully um, governments and institutions will take this opportunity to reinvent a system that is less corrupt, uh, more inclusive, and more respectful of the environment. Um, but yeah, I feel like the pandemic has been a very precious time um, for myself. Um, and I've had a lot of time um, to understand, really, which is something I think I should do more often, uh, even after the pandemic. So yeah, that's my little story. Um, I just shaved my hair today. I don't know how it looks, but um, it's kind of like signifying, <laughs> cool, some thumbs up. Uh, it's kind of signifying change and letting go um it's actually been the first day that I've been able to I don't know feel kind of happiness because I've been in grieving because a friend of mine recently oh tried to keep it together um committed suicide and he was actually living with me so
And I guess it's uh, oh, I've uh, over the last lockdown, I actually created. I'm a, a producer and I make beats. And um, Sony had tried to spin me, and so it's been going back and forth. And I've to this day, I've produced over three thousand beats. And um, sorry. <laughs> Would you try again? Oh, I think that was my yeah. Take the time and uh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, guys. This is uh, you know when you're like you're amped and you're ready to like go and you have all these things that you've kind of preconceived and like and suddenly you have like like sadness or tears. I kind of just oh, I just like. I've just been making so many things um, as well as a producer. I, I spit bars and I freestyle quite a bit and I write poetry and I dance and I just love dancing. I love being able to, to express myself. So something like grief, it's really, it's really hard for it to flow because sometimes it feels like you have to be strong for other people as well. Um, and my group of friends, I'm kind of like the oldest um, so it's kind of like the matriarch and I have a habit of like giving before I kind of tend, it's like an afterthought to tend to my own needs. But uh, recently I've been kind of like being a hermit and just producing like, honestly, like I don't want to toot my own horn, but they're really sick beats. Um, I tend to like make like trap beats and hip hop and like I've been producing, I've been ghostwriting for a while now. So there's quite a lot of artists that you probably have heard on the radio. So some of my beats are like played everywhere, but this is something that I kind of decided that, you know, I need, I need it for myself. I need to like, you know, it's the same with dance. It's like being able to just like, like not specifically say it all out loud, but just to like, I don't know, so we were doing a, a activity earlier. It was just like experiencing what it feels like to be in the body and where it is. Um, and I suppose with isolation and lockdown, especially, it, it makes it harder to to um, connect in the community. So this is really amazing to be able to like connect in a very like lockdown friendly. Um, but I've actually written um, a poem as well. Um, you just have to imagine it's like a 4-4 four, four beat, like, like that, because <laughs> that's what I had in my mind when I was like, making it. Um, my friend, he was struggling with psychosis, and it was really hard to get him help. And the major part that was really like painful for me was the fact that I couldn't help someone that was kind of like, it, it had it in his mind, like he couldn't receive it. And as much as we can love people that like are really they find themselves difficult to love um I still kind of loved them unconditionally anyway and so this is kind of like talking about like mental health especially during this time and uh yeah it doesn't have a name because I, I kind of wrote it today but um parts today and yesterday but okay <clears throat> in one moment I build the world within one verse 
Paint a picture with these bars, nourished by these beats we take, like a dose we syncopate. And yet the dance feasts a piece of me, deny which truth is left until what sits dormant within come build. And we run around fastening our seatbelts, weeping, showing how our weakness reveal our true selves in the evening, heaving, wasting time, saving face, awaiting these lies, deny, 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 until the paraffin liquidates the sedative. Desolate elements evident to my ligaments is creating any forms of excellence. Maybe it's retinol, maybe it's selexa, maybe it's psychosis, maybe I'm broken. Call it depression, a host to anxiety, OCD, please let me breathe. Feeding my disconnect, I try to collect, meditate before I medicate, but I can't swipe these feelings away. Wish an image could replace my empty feeling inside, I'm just trying to live, I'm just tired to fight. And your affinity to attributes is the very reason why I must prove my worth to you for the skin that I live in. And it's funny that we're battling for peace, but we can't seem to find peace with the things we're battling with, because we are all just human beings, with primitive minds using civilized knowledge. Sitting down and yet we still won't acknowledge it, that we all carry baggage, baggage like Frodo bag and dragging it until the day we're going to have to go and sacrifice it in Mordor. Because in the end, you compete against yourself, because we just take what we're given, but we're never content. We're always wanting more than the things we're going to get. We see for recognition of blood, sweat, and tears. Yes, fear goes inside for the unknown. The unknown. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you so much for listening. We've listened to these stories many, many times. And I think each time something different has spoken to us. And I think what we're really looking for now is to know how these stories have impacted our listeners. So if you have something you would like to share with us, maybe it's something that has stood out to you listening to these stories, something that is surprising you or challenging you, or something you want to know more about, it would be brilliant if you could share your thoughts using the hashtag DreamspaceBath so we can keep this conversation going and also keep this project alive because we want to allow more stories in the city to emerge so that they can reconnect us all and empower us all to create the change that we want to see. So we're now going to go into the second selection of stories and I'll meet you at the end. You're listening to Dream Space. What are you dreaming for the future? Well, uh, I'm I'm still at school. Yeah, it's funny, we've been largely trying to just crack on at school. We're currently filming the school production uh, with 12 separate groups in their different year groups, just little bits um, in year group bubbles, uh, filming across the course of a week to make a film with no audience. It's a bit weird. Um, So we're trying to make sure those young people still have the opportunities, even if it's in a slightly bizarre way. Anyway, um, I'm gonna talk talk poems instead, though. Uh, so, Brex asked if I'd written anything during lockdown, and I'm sharing one that I did write during lockdown, and one that I didn't. One that I wrote at a bus stop at six in the morning after a festival, going, "Why am I doing this?" So I guess, but it's kind of relevant in a way. Uh, why do art? Well, the first one is why do art in lockdown. Um, and it was written for May Day, as I recall, around then. So uh, earlier side of lockdown, but who knows? Hopefully, we'll be we won't have another spring arriving during the pandemic. So that's the title. 
The streets are almost empty. Cafes quiet. So many buildings shut. While we are in this rut, the woods are adorned with primrose, violet. Each daffodil prepares its sun, though crocuses are fading now. Having given up so long, the birds are singing in Wuhan, building nests along the bow, gathering twig tips, grasses, leaves and moss as they hammer out dawn's chorus. The willow tree, first to leaf, is showing now its neon green. The plants begin to sprout a vivid sheen, bringing much needed relief. Some friends and I will make the trip to Penifan, the highest top, and spend the day without a care, with a tale or two to tell, while breathing pure and healthy air on ridges edge by shore or dell perhaps to sing like birds in Wuhan, or join the raucous rebel songs of those elderly loved ones after being cooped inside too long. They, most under threat, find they can't forget while breathing, hearts beating are own defiant star. Leaving for a time the city's throng, we must find a new way to belong. Uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I've got, got one more for you. So this is the one that was written. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to clap quickly. That was amazing. <laughs> amazing, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so part two is called The Human Song, and it's all about light and light and darkness. It's written by means of encouragement. I was at a bus stop at six in the morning after having done poetry at a festival and I was super, super tired and it was going to be ages till I got back. And I was like, why am I doing this? Oh yeah, to try and bring some hope. So that's the theme of the poem. The human song. I have come to sing the human song. What miracles we are. These sensory bundles of ash, harvesting each jolt and shock that assaults perception converting them to energy that buzzes through our nerves. Each of us are humming constellations of impulse, feeling, thought. And yet, how hard it is to shape our electric selves into the arbitrary forms of family, work and obligation. This is why I salute you all for getting out of bed for bearing the weight of the daily news that streams through papers, screens, and radios, and all of the headlines that may not seem like much to the world, but to you are mountains to be scaled, avalanches risked by misplaced footing. It takes courage to gather like this, in spite of all the shit, and listen to the poet's song. To overcome that voice that says, <laughs> I have no time for poetry. To that voice, I say, I would never abuse you with honey-coated lies or idiotic reassurances. I know my saying, pain will pass, doesn't soften its sting in the present. But although I can say suffering is only static in your brain, it can feel 
like the electric chair. And yet, we somehow keep ourselves together, defying the laws of entropy, however tempting its dark pull. To live is an act of defiance that each of us choose, or most of us do. And so, despite the madness of the modern world, search for your hidden truth and recite it secretly. This world has too impure an atmosphere for your truth to walk forward naked, blazing with the glory of its light. But do not bury it so deep that you can no longer catch its rays. For that is the light that will be your strength when all seems made of shadow. It is what we begin to glimpse at moments like this, when we gather for a common cause and start to sense that static fizz which buzzes between us all. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Um, great stories tonight. Thank you so much. I think just for me, this has been such a an up and down series of extremes, you know, like um, like things have been really hard. The kids have struggled. We've been shielding. Shopping's been a nightmare. You know, all that sort of stuff's been really hard. But some amazing stuff has come out of it as well. Um, and personally, for me, I've gone from just having my sort of nine to five job, which I, which I still do. Luckily, uh, I haven't had to be furloughed or anything like that. Um, but also I got into festival organizing, basically virtual event organizing online. So I started off with like, I think like first week of lockdown in March, just going, this is crap. Um, getting some music friends of mine together and say, let's, let's do something. We had five of us that just did an evening's worth of entertainment. And they've got like sort of 500 people in the group that were taking part. And it just went really, really well, raised a bit of money. And then we've actually sort of done those again and again, then over the course of the summer. So I actually ran one then with about sort of 20 artists in few months on and then we had like 50 artists all over a whole weekend and we had a well-being field and we had poetry and everything it just sort of grew into this amazing um event that sort of i loved doing gave me a massive distraction i think uh i can't remember the name of somebody earlier almost talking about how keeping busy was just such a great distraction it was really important for me for my mental health and my well-being as well just to have that distraction going on and that pride in actually achieving something that, I, that would never have come into my life if it weren't for this and it's it's quite ironic really um, so yeah, I, I think I just want to share that, but really. it's just ups and downs, like things have been really hard, but actually getting stuck into something, trying something new, opportunities actually coming out of this. And I think that links into some of what other people have been saying in terms of the hope, you know, if in the depths of this nightmare, we can come together and we can create beautiful things and make wonderful things happen. Imagine if we keep this energy going, what we can do in the future when actually we can meet and really get together again. And, and I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm really hopeful of that. So yeah, that was what I really wanted to say. Um, it was a last minute decision to come on and, and say something. Um, so I only discovered uh, this group uh, today and I decided to come on and see what it's all about. Um, like you, Bex, I'm a real people person. Um, I just, I love being around people. I get my energy from people. Um, so I really wanted to get involved with something that was sort of quite community driven and um, yeah, just surrounded by people. So here I am. Um, so my lockdown story, I'll try and keep it quick, but um, I've only moved to Bath this summer. So I moved in June, just after lockdown. And um, I was unemployed for two months before that. Um, I also, like you, Luke, I quit my job just before the pandemic started. And um, 
And then I was stuck in the UK. I was actually moving to Norway. So that was um, a bit disappointing. But, you know, it's all good. I found myself in the beautiful city of Bath um, with a new job and um, living in a flat by myself, which has been interesting at times. Um, but one of the things that's really kept me going is um, the river. So, you know, since, so I've always been an open water swimmer. Um, I've always loved just out, just being outdoors. And we've been really blessed with like such a gorgeous summer. Um, and being around the river in Bath has just been so amazing. Um, so I started swimming in the river, um, joined a group called the Wiltshire Wild Swimmers, if anyone knows them. Um, and I've met a few people through that. Um, started a group chat with a couple of women that um, also live in Bath. And uh, yeah, and now we've become the Bath Open Water Buttes and we've got over 500 people on our Facebook page. And I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure how it's all happened. I guess the the popularity of open water swimming has just like gone insane over the summer, um, which is awesome. But yeah, it's just been incredible, like meeting so many awesome people. And can I just say, like, credit to you guys from Bath. Like, I don't think I've met so many friendly people in such a short space of time in my life. Like, not even going to university. Like, it's just been really really lush and you know people I waved to a runner today like that never happens me and this runner were just like yeah okay this is great um so yeah so I just kind of wanted to come on and say um if anyone's interested in getting involved in open water swimming um we've got quite a lot of sort of experienced swimmers on there um it's probably not the best time if you've not done it before probably not the best time to start in the winter because it's a bit cold <laughs> um but if you if you're interested in joining the group um i can send the link on the chat and um i know we're called uh the buff open water beats that was an oversight by me you don't have to it's not a women focused thing um i have had a few questions about that um so yeah everybody is welcome um of course so yeah i will i will put the i'll put the link in the in the chat um, and yeah, I look forward to obviously getting involved in more stuff like this in the future. Um, you know, I'd love to be involved in anything like sort of volunteering work, like charity stuff. So yeah, if anyone's got any opportunities, then um, let, let me know. But yeah, lovely to meet you all as well. And thank you so much for your stories. It's been really lovely. It's been really lovely. So um, for me, lockdown, you know, I know it's all relative. Um, I know that many people struggled an awful lot more than I did and um, but I will freely admit that I found it really hard. Um, I wasn't homeschooling, I didn't have somebody ill, I just um, for those of you who know me I'm an extrovert, I get my energy from people and I realise that whilst I have a very energetic 20 month year old at home, um, she's not got much chat <laughs> And actually, my days were pretty lonely and um, and I was surrounded by the noise, the anger online with every um, I'm sorry, I'm not going to get too political, but with, with every U-turn, the government kept making um, various other challenges, lots of media headlines. And it just it really got to me and I definitely got really low um, and I couldn't quite work out why. And um, but then on the flip side, what I absolutely was delighted by was by seeing all the incredible community action take place in Bath um you know James is here from the compassionate community hub um respect to everyone that was involved in that um and I you know volunteered just to pick up prescriptions and seeing you know Ed's here from Foldall people volunteering to make PPE um all these people coming together to support each other and 
it was amazing. And that's the news that I decided to tune into. And I think the reason why I was so delighted when Dreamspace came up is that I feel that we need more spaces like this to explore what the community in Bath is really made of. And we kind of started that with Good For Nothing, but I think so much in the city has changed now. And we need touch points to kind of work out where we are so we can then move forward. And I think that we need more positive stuff going on. I think um, the media has an amazing place, but I find bad news is, um, I know it sells, but my goodness, it's exhausting. Um, so if there is a way that from this, we can celebrate all the really amazing stuff that happens in our city, I will just be a happy person forever. Um, and that's what I hope will come out of this evening. I know that some of us will be sharing our challenges, but I'm also really keen to hear about the good things because it's the good stuff that got me through lockdown in the early days. And it's the good things that keep me going now. So um, thank you to everyone. And um, that's just what I wanted to share. You're listening to Dream Space. What are you dreaming for the future? First of all, we just want to say a massive thank you for putting this event together. Um, I think it's really important, especially in these challenging times that we, we all do stay connected rather than just sort of staying on Twitter and uh, moaning about all the stuff going on in the world. But let's not get into that too much. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about what lockdown actually was um, for me, um, but also about an organisation that I've uh, been involved in and sort of helped setting up over the, the past few years. Um, now, lockdown for me was, was quite an interesting time. Um, I think in, the, in anticipation up to lockdown, was quite uh was quite sort of stressful I would I'd say I'm a very sort of calm collective sort of guy I don't sort of let things a few days before we went into to lockdown being on the on the phone to my nan and said ah it's just a it's not nothing's gonna happen don't worry about it it's all just all it's just the media overspecking it and then uh, here we are and uh, the year of 2020 is going to be one that's uh, definitely gone down in the in history um so a little bit about lockdown for me. Um, I think for me, it was a lot of uncertainty and sort of the, the sense of unknown. Um, I tend to not let these things get to me, but I did find myself sort of really getting a little bit sort of uh, anxious about what was sort of happening in the world. At that time, I just sort of handed in my notice. Um, I was sort of working for quite a sort of a fairly established sort of big company in Bath. Uh, I'm a bit of an IT geek. Uh, for anybody who knows me, they know I love a bit of IT. Um, and I'd actually just handed in my notice to go and start at a new company. Um, there's actually only four of us at the moment. And due to my notice period, I actually joined the, the new company right in the middle of lockdown, which is uh, by all means not a great time to actually be uh, changing jobs and going to a new business, which is only just about making ends meet. So uh, a lot of sort of stress there, um, but also, you know, concerns about family and, and their health and, and what this virus has has been doing to, to people, it's uh, really not nice. But one of the things actually that sort of helped keep me sort of sane throughout the pandemic um, was being able to, to volunteer um, and give something back and, you know, keep your head sort of focused on, okay, I'm going to do, do this and I want, I want to help other people. And I think it's all about mindset as, as well, you know, keeping yourself focused because when you're locked down and you're at home and the amount of hours I've spent in these four walls, honestly, you tend to start overthinking. Um, and I find the best way um, to, to combat that is to keep yourself busy. Um, and why not sort of give something back in, in this sort of time of, of need? So 
Um, for anybody who knows uh, Paul, um, I volunteer for an organization called BA1 Radio, hence the mic sort of helps with the, with the speaking, so that's the vibe. And um, we, a bit of context behind how this all sort of came about. Um, we set up BA1 Radio in 2018. We were actually a group of friends that all went to school together. And whilst we were at school, we worked on, the, on a school radio station. And, and this personally sort of changed my life, really. Um, and we set up BA1 Radio because we wanted other people to have the same experiences that we had at school being able to, to learn new skills and, and put, some, uh, put some on the CV that sort of really does, you know, help you stand out against sort of, it's, it's a tough world out there, tough world. I, my, uh, my, my job interview, I, I sort of flipped the interview and interviewed them. So that's how I managed to, to get the job. Um, so we've always had sort of a strong ethos on, on training and educating and sort of uh, passing our skills on to other people in the, the community. Um, but lockdown actually presented something quite interesting uh, for us. Um, and, you know, there has been positives. Um, and we went from zero volunteers to 45 volunteers uh, in less than two years. And what we decided was, as part of lockdown, um, we wanted our, vo our volunteers, basically, we all come together and said, we want to produce something here for Bath and, and use the radio as a, as a means of communication. Because at that time, there was communication is key in, in keeping people connected and shouting out the businesses, the charities, the organizations, the individuals. So we went from sort of doing a few sort of shows on the weekend, you know, three or four hours on a Saturday, three or four hours on a Sunday uh, to 12 hours, five days a week. Uh, self presented a whole new level of challenge. The studio was closed. We had a matter of a few days to set up remote working, train, over 30 people, um, you know, and, and support people as well, because mental health was everyone. There's a lot going through through people's minds. So throughout the pandemic, we ran quite a few shows. Um, we did uh, the Daily Good Show with Sarah Baker, um, one of our most popular shows. She shouted out over seven, uh, 600 individuals and organizations throughout the lockdown period. One of the key players was actually the uh, Bath Farmers Market, which continued throughout lockdown. And um, throughout the period, and I won't go into statistics, we reached thousands of people and we were able to sort of support the farmers market quite directly and sort of helping sort of direct people that way. And, you know, the local farmers, they are still there and they're selling their produce and, you know, go and support. And so we did Daily Good. We had a breakfast show. We had a business support show where we were talking about what's going on in the business world a creative champions hour i think there's quite a few creatives probably in the in the call today you know highlighting some of the stuff that the great work that they've been um doing um with luke who's also in the call another luke um we had dad and lad hour which was uh, ian and ruben father and son team and it was just sort of a, a friendly bit of nice bit of music nice bit of chat to sort of keep people company and keep people sane throughout these these challenging challenging times um and what I think's been, you know, I had a look over the points and I think what sort of makes me hopeful and excited for the future is the impact that we've been able to have on the community, not just our own volunteers. You know, pre-lockdown, it was very much and actually decided, well, we can run a local station for Bath and, and branch out and support the, the community. Um, and it's great to have so many, you know, like-minded people that have come together, um, not just a 
for, for our organization, but across other organizations that have really give back to Bath. Um, and I think if we can take away one thing from the, from the pandemic is that we shouldn't give up on this whole calls like this and supporting each other. And, you know, times are really tough, but, you know, you have to sort of think positive, look ahead to the future and, you know, hopefully soon, maybe a few years time, we'll have a new normal, but we can still carry on being compassionate um, amongst ourselves. And I think Bath has been, you know, I'm dropping in James Carlin, a free SG talk right now. He's probably, if he's chatting a little bit later on, but um, yeah, if we can stay compassionate, then I think, you know, we can get through anything. So I won't babble on too much longer, but uh, thank you for your time. And uh, great to see so many faces on the call tonight. Yeah, hi everyone. It's been really nice to hear your stories. It's really inspiring. Um, a lot of the Zoom calls I do are quite transactional. So, you know, to get poems and, and actually like heartfelt stories is is really nice. So thank you. Um, so I'm James, I run 3SG. So we're a charity that helps other charities and community activity in Bath in the surrounding area. Um, in Up until March, it's always really just been me and the trustees. And then um, around the COVID time, um, I saw a lot of things happening on Facebook where people were looking for volunteers and trying to set up things. So I thought, oh, you know, perhaps we could help. I set up a, a, an Excel spreadsheet. Um, and then within a week, <laughs> we had 1,500 people volunteer <laughs> to help other people in Bath, um, which, you know, for a charity that I set up in 2016, we've never had a, a volunteer. So you can imagine, you know, what that was like. Um, and we had people saying, I want to help, I want to help. It's like, you know, brilliant. Like, but just give us a week. We just need a week to get everything going. So um, we we had this project called Compassionate Community we were doing anyway. And the idea of that is that people just help each other, be more compassionate, um, look out for one another. So we just plugged that into a COVID response. And um, uh, some wonderful people came on board, like Josh from the university and Sarah Williams-Martin. Um, and basically, yeah, we set up a, an emergency volunteer response. And as of today, um, we've helped uh, over 1,500 people. Um, we've had a couple of thousand people volunteer in total. We've had lots of people getting in touch and and um, saying that, you know, without this service, they would have had no one. They might have not had any food. Um, they might have, you know, just been stuck on their own just had no one to help them, basically. Um, you know, and I'm a, I'm a Bath resident and I've lived here most of my life and I've been to streets and met people that I've never never thought we had in our city you know you don't you don't see these people they're not visible and uh, there's so many people that just need help they need to they need support they need it all the time they don't just need it now this has just brought a lot of those people you know out of the woodwork so um uh, it, for me it's not about necessarily this being a short-term thing i think we can really build on this uh, a couple of thousand people is a lot of people we could fill Twerton park football stadium with that number of people um so let's let's do something you know we could actually make the city and the, the whole of Baines like a, a, a fantastic place to live and i'm just really grateful for this platform because i think actually this is what we need to to kind of do that you know we need need that structure to do that so um i'll put my details in the chat you can still volunteer we're still helping people through the second lockdown um we've got a bit slightly bigger team now i know miles has been on the call that's helping us um so yeah do get in touch and yeah very happy to to kind of start the conversation thank you <laughs>
Welcome to Dream Space. Listen, share, dream. Hi everyone. Thank you again for listening. This brings us to the end of this podcast episode and I would just like to take this moment to thank all of our storytellers for sharing with us and also invite you, if you haven't already, to consider sharing your story because our website is going to be open for submissions for the foreseeable future and we're going to share everything that comes forward through our social media platforms and online exhibition so more inspiring voices from Bath can be heard. You know, 2020 was quite the year and this year no doubt has a few more challenges in store for us you know the pandemic has highlighted a lot of inequality some of which did come to the fore via very powerful protests here in the city whereas others may in fact be bubbling away quietly beneath the surface and we may only be able to understand the extent of them once you know real life begins But despite the challenges that have either been created by the pandemic or revealed by the pandemic, I do feel really hopeful. And I know that this hope comes from listening to stories like we've heard today, whether it's hearing how people have used this time to reflect and actually imagine a different and better future or discovering the awesome efforts that brought communities together to help those most in need and how this amazing sense of togetherness that was created during this time, which I do find to be quite remarkable given that we were all isolated from one one another. You know, this togetherness could actually help us co-create the future of Bath so that it does become a city where it's great for everyone to live, for everyone to work and to be. I like the idea of that. So if you'd like to revisit any of the stories you've heard, you can explore them through our online exhibition at www.thedreamspace.co.uk and you can also explore the other stories that were shared with us, revealing what it's like to live in the climate emergency and also what it's like to experience racism here in Bath. And of course, this is where you can also share your story as well. And before I go, I do just want to tell you what we have in store for this year. So at the moment, as I record this podcast, we are focusing on helping these um, incredible stories to travel far and wide across Bath. But whilst we're doing this, we're also looking at hosting more community gatherings because we believe that as the world begins to reawaken and step fully into this new normal, we're going to need more spaces to listen, share and dream together. So please do subscribe to our newsletter, which you can also do through our website to find out when these gatherings will come into the city and also how you can take part until then thank you for listening to this dream space podcast episode and i hope to see you at one of our gatherings soon welcome to dream space listen share dream dream space is a community-led creative project conceived and convened by good for nothing in partnership with wild labs it is supported by the national lottery community funds emerging futures program for more information please visit www thedreamspace.co.uk Send them your heart So they know that someone cares And their lives Will be stronger and free As God has shown us By turning stone to bread And so we all Must lend a helping hand We are dreamers